0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uplevel Your Career podcast with Judson and Jerome. As always, we would love to welcome you to our conversation today. Uh, uh, Today's topic is managing up how to lead when you're not the boss. And if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we record from our homes. Today, I'm in Palm Springs, California, and Judson's in Vail, Colorado. So what does that mean? It just means that you're likely to hear a little bit of background noise from time to time. I uh, have two little fur children of the canine variety, and uh, you know, and we live in busy neighborhoods, and so uh, we apologize in advance for any background noise you might hear. But hopefully, the information that we're offering you continues to be of value and of of use to you. Um, And without further ado, I would like to welcome uh, my friend and colleague, Judson, to introduce himself.
1: Thank you, Jerome. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We're glad you're with us today here. A very um, interesting topic today, and um, it is managing up. And you're probably all familiar with the term, but if you're not, uh, you'll become more familiar with it. Throughout our podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about what it is and what it isn't and how to do do it and how does it affect your career. So as Jerome mentioned, my name is Judson Walsh, and I am a career coach. I am the founder of Career Path Strategies, and I work with a lot of people who are in career transition, but I also work with college students and, and a variety of other people as well at various stages in their career path. So today, um, well, let me back up. Season two, this, we're in season two, almost at the end of it. We have really focused on career pathing, if you will, as opposed to our first season, which was geared toward people who were job seekers. So that's why we're on this topic here today. So glad to be here. We expect it to be about an hour in length that's what we shoot for always. And with that said, I will toss it back to Jerome. And if you want to kick us off here and um, we'll lead right into it.
0: Yeah. You know, Judson, when, when we first talked about uh, this particular topic, Um, I have to confess that my idea about it before I really started researching and digging in was that managing up was what you do when you have a bad manager or you're working with a boss that's maybe not as effective as he or she needs to be. And the more I read about it and the more I thought about it, the more I realized that that's not always the case. Um, Sometimes you're managing up because your boss is overwhelmed or it might be a particular time of the year when your boss is... um, particularly busy. And the bottom line with all of it is it's really about stepping into your excellence in whatever role you happen to be in and looking for opportunities to position yourself as a leader, as somebody who is proactive and uh, willing to do whatever it takes to be successful. And in fact, when I was uh, doing my research, I found that the Harvard Business Review actually uh, defines managing up as being the most effective employee you can be. Uh, creating value for your boss and your company, um, another source said it 's using traits of a good manager to help bring out the best in you as an employee, so it 's really about uh, making your your boss 's job easier and making your own um, job easier, not necessarily about fixing or manipulating a bad manager, which was my first kind of impression of it. i you know I think when we hear the term we automatically s- it sounds <clears throat> like somebody who 's a subordinate. Needs to step up to the plate and be the manager, but that's not necessarily always the case. It could be from time to time, but that's not necessarily what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Um, No, I think it's a really good point that you raise because I too was under the impression that it was really, how do you manage an idiot? You know, know, and and of course, that's not how it is always, and and hopefully not for you as the listener. This is not what you're facing, but I mean, it could be, you know, a brand new boss, someone you've never met before. you know, someone that you don't see face-to-face because you're in different locales, for example. Um, you know, there, there's there's a number of scenarios, if you will, mm-hmm. that could lend itself to managing up without having someone who you are smarter than.
0: Right. And, and one of the things I also read was that oftentimes within a company, if somebody is being promoted they're often promoted into positions where they're leading or managing um, other people because that's sort of the trajectory of the career. You know, first you're an individual com- uh, contributor and then you move up and you're leading a team. And sometimes uh, people don't necessarily have the skills to do that right away um, or maybe just don't naturally have that, that acumen. And, um, and so as an employee, you know, how do you... Then, if somebody who's managing you isn't necessarily um, naturally a good leader, how do you then step up to the plate to get what you need, to get the support you need, and to help them? Um, and so, sometimes in managing up, it could be that you're actually helping somebody become a better manager. Um, so, another alternate definition is that it's about customizing your work style as an employee, as a subordinate, to the behaviors. Uh, Your work-style and behaviors so that they better suit your manager. Um, Being proactive, to uh, striving to optimize success for everybody. Um, And also taking things off your boss's plate to help them be more effective. Um, So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some of the best practices of managing up. These are also best practices in in case you're a listener listener who is actually a manager. Uh, These things can be applied to any role if you're in a leadership role. Um, and so a lot of really good information, um, you, you know, Judson, one of the, the things that you mentioned in your notes to me was the importance of sincerity. And that was actually the very first thing I found when I was doing the research of, you know, like, uh, you know, read a number of articles about what our best practices and being sincere was one of them. Did you want to speak a little bit to that? Yeah. Well, I, I think to back up half a step
1: on that, I mean, you always want to be genuine and sincere, at least you know, be perceived that way, of course. <clears throat> but I think, you know, in terms of making your boss's job easier, anticipating what they're doing and taking things off your plate, off their plate, like you mentioned, I think that in order to do that, you need to understand that person. Now, you may understand them well, because you've worked with them for years, or it's a brand new boss. But in terms of coming to the table, with that conversation to kind of figure out, well, you know, what is their style and, and you know questions you can ask to really understand them so that you can really be proactive in the right ways. I would say, you know, in terms of, you know, you wouldn't come to them with a, a tape recorder and a reporter's notepad and say, All right, I'm gonna interview you, I gotta understand you, right? I mean, that's very intrusive. So I think that if you can just come to them genuinely and say, you know, I know that we're, you know, we're working on it as a team. We have lots to do together here. And I want to make sure that I'm communicating with you and understanding you the best I can. So can I ask you a few questions? And I think that if you contextualize it in that way or whatever words you use, um, that's where your your genuineness would need to come into play. So, for example, let's give you some real application here in terms of you know, what questions could you ask a boss to gain insight into who she is and, and what she prefers? You know, the 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 typical question, what keeps you up at night? You know, I think that as you work with someone, you will understand and see what troubles them and and where their priorities are based on what they say in meetings and just one-on-one conversations. Uh, another question you might ask would be, you know, kind of what's, what's your pet peeve, if you will? I think it's a good thing and and then of course avoid it, but understanding you know what really makes this person tick is going to help you be more effective in that um, you know i I wonder too you know about someone are they a morning person an afternoon person because you you know if they're not a morning person you don't want to hit them first thing in the morning with you know a problem or whatever, but I think that understanding you know their rhythms if you will or their you know, are they a morning, afternoon person? When are they most effective? That can be helpful um, as well. And I think a really important question to help in this context is how do they prefer their communications? Are they, you know, would they rather call and talk on the phone, text message, email, in person? What's, what's preferable? And I think that that's a really important component to the communication aspect. Between you and, and your boss.
0: Right. And also knowing how often they want you to communicate. You know, do I need to check in daily? Um, you know, uh, especially if it's if you're working remotely, perhaps. Yeah. You're in a different, su- you know, maybe you're a salesperson and you're you're out in the field and you don't see your manager on a daily basis. You know, right. do they want to hear from you weekly? Do they want to hear from you daily? Um, you know, how much do you have to keep them abreast of what's going on? I think those are all really um, great, uh, things to think about. Um, it's all about building trust with this manager, uh, you know, and, um, not really, uh, you know, building trust. And I think one of the things that we don't think about is building a, a relationship on a personal level too. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to be best buddies, um, or, you know, go have cocktails at happy hour together. I mean, that may or may not happen in the work, you know, in your particular workplace that you develop those kinds of relationships, but to remember that your manager is a person as well. Right. Um, and that they have family, they have other, other things, um, you know, and one of our most recent podcasts was about workplace our work and life integration, you know, so how can you be cognizant of their work life integration so that you're helping them, uh, be happier people just in general. And I think that's one of the things we often think uh, don't think about. And then one of the things I read was know their why. What's their primary motivation? Like what, what is keeping them coming to work every day? Um, you know, uh, that can be really beneficial as well. Um, and to share your, your motivations as well. You know, it's about building a really solid relationship. One of the... Yeah. Um, the tips was applying the practices of coaching um, as, a, as a manager. So, um, you, know, in, in, you know, Judson brought up communication. So uh, a piece of managing up is making sure you're offering feedback to your boss when it's requested um, and also maybe um, feedback that can be important to them uh, that's maybe unsolicited but of course making sure you're doing so in a way that's polite um that's not uh overly critical um but i think you know feedback is important to everybody and sometimes we know to ask for it and sometimes you might have suggestions before they're asked um for it and of course answering honestly if the if your manager ever asks you what can i do to support you uh hopefully you have a manager who asks that <laughs> sometimes they don't but uh, being um Being able to communicate honestly, giving honest feedback um, with the intention always of making things better. Uh, Not necessarily about being critical or making somebody feel badly. This is not what we're talking about.
1: Yep. And I think that, you know, just like a lot of things, communication really is a, a key to this. And if, for example, your boss does not ask you, how can I support you? That's maybe where you take the initiative and say, you know, we're working as a team here. I want to have a conversation with you about how, you know, we can best support one another, how I can support you, how you can support me. And just start the dialogue that way, because if they're not going to do it, someone needs to. Otherwise, you know, you're going to misunderstand and there's going to be expectations that are not met and all sorts of problems that could lead um, could come about as a result of that, I should say and you can avoid it to a certain degree you really can just take the initiative if you don't have that kind of communicative boss be the person and i and i think you know as you look at this you know what we're talking about you know overarchingly managing up this is this is going to be helpful for you in terms of building your leadership skills too, as you move forward and maybe beyond the company or above the role you're in. So this is not just a here and now it's a then and there issue as well. And it will help you for the remainder of your career, the way I look at it.
0: Right. And what I'm hoping, you know, is if you're listening to this uh, podcast and maybe you are, um, uh, an entry level employee, or maybe, you know, somebody who's not, uh, in, in a management position, per se, hopefully this conversation will empower you to be um, a bit more in the driver's seat in in your career and in in, in the workplace. If that's not necessarily where you, where you're sitting right now, you know, it's not about um, overstepping boundaries, but it's about being bold enough, being confident enough to speak up when when you need to. Um, so, in terms of communication, one of the things we talked, uh, the the articles I read about uh, talked about was establishing a two way do- uh, two way dialogue and sharing priorities on a regular basis. If that's not already in place, I can uh, remember a time when I worked in staffing. Over the course of five years that I worked with the company, I had three different bosses, and uh, the first boss had instituted weekly meetings where uh, the other t- the other recruiter and I and the salesperson. And the branch manager, there were four of us. We would get together on Monday mornings and we would talk about our priorities for the week. The salesperson would talk about what he had in the pipeline in terms of prospects so we could start thinking about bringing in you know, potential employees to help fill positions. Uh, you know, We talked about whatever was on the, the board in terms of positions we were trying to fill, who was responsible for things, and it was really effective. Then the second manager came in and she was very hands off. And so the other recruiter and I were like, you know, we're missing these meetings. And so we approached the new manager and asked her um, if she, if we could have them, you know, and she thought that it was a great idea. And so we instituted them again. Um, and that was an example of sort of noticing a need that we had and, and bringing it to the manager. And it really helped us all be more effective. So if you're not having that, Uh, regular dialogue with your boss, you might think about instituting it. Um, Or if the, if it's something, you know, that the boss isn't doing, but your team needs it, you know, maybe you step up and, and organize them for the team.
1: Well, and I also, I would agree with that a hundred percent. And I also think part of the, the benefit of doing something like that is you get to, keep your boss updated in terms of the progress you're making, making you're doing well, you're making things happen. And, you know, eventually this could lead to a promotion, right. um, you know, conversationally, you may end up asking for a raise, you may have to ask more than once, but, you know, at least these are uh, the, the, you know, these successes of yours are going to be integrated into your conversations and they will be known. And when it comes time for, your boss going to bat for you for that promotion, you know, that, that certainly adds
0: right, to that. Yeah, yeah and, and in terms of communication, one of the things that, uh, that's important is active listening. So listening, you know, very critically and starting to anticipate needs. Pay attention to the the regular workflows of the workplace. What what are weekly, monthly, quarterly things that happen so that you can be proactive. So if you know that your, you know, your supervisor puts together a monthly report and and is asking you for information for that report um, on a regular basis, having it prepared before he or she asks for it is, you know, is really beneficial uh, to you and to that person. And it shows that you're um, really on top of your game. Um, Yep. You know, one one
1: thing that that I have added to the conversation in my past, especially when I first started a job. You know, I, as I understood the roles and the responsibilities and the whole workflow thing, um, you know, I outright asked. I said, you know, what can I do to help make you look good?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, it's just it was such a good question, I thought, because it opened up a, a huge set of dialogues for us. And and always looking at the, our conversations through this lens. and And, you know, what boss wouldn't be like, wow, well, thanks. <laughs> you know, I mean, so. I mean, it's it's a good question if you're not sure how to ask it, um, you know, something along those lines may be helpful
0: for you. Yeah, no, and I think that's brilliant because I think sometimes we set up a situation where the person in authority is sort of our enemy, Um, you know, that can be the mindset, right? That there's a competition or that they're, you know, uh, the person in charge and they're going to, you know, you're going to be under this person's thumb, but Really, success is something that you share. Hopefully, you know, you're working together as a team with maybe other people who are reporting to the same manager. How can we all be success-oriented? How can we all, you know, uh, help one another look good? And I think that's a brilliant question uh, because it's really about, it's not about throwing, you know, managing up isn't about throwing your boss under the bus. It's about how help, helping them be the most effective. Um, and, uh, you know... In those cases when maybe you don't have a a, a great manager, uh, speaking of throwing someone under the bus, you always want to take the high road. You know, you don't want to badmouth the supervisor to other employees because that becomes your personal brand, right? How you behave is you're developing your personal brand. And you don't want to be seen as somebody who's a gossip, who's a complainer, who's a whiner. Um, so always it's, Always important to be focused on your top performance. We've said this before. Show up, showing up in your excellence all the time, even when the manager isn't uh, necessarily doing uh, what he or she is supposed to do. And I had a situation I mentioned five, you know, five years, three bosses. One of the last bosses I reported to was not effective and ended up being let go. Um. And I was in a situation where I definitely had to step up to the plate to keep things running in our branch um, and ultimately had to make a phone call to uh, the regional manager and have a conversation with him about things that were going on. And, um, and I remember before I did it, I called um, one of my colleagues who worked in field support because I really respected her and said, you know, here's what's going on. What do I do? And got her advice, and and you know ended up having to to make a difficult phone call, and it was a great. It ended up being an okay conversation. Um, but in the in that situation, I knew how important it was for me to continue to be on my game and and not to not to badmouth anyone personally, but just say here's the situation. What do I do? Um. So. Mm-hmm being focused on your own top performance. Um, so let's move on to uh, the next sort of bullet point, and this is about development, um, a best practice of managing up. And it's important uh, to understand your boss's plans for career development for himself or herself. And uh, to understand, you know, what, is, what are their long-term goals, and even asking them, you know, uh, so if, you know, maybe they're wanting to be a senior vice president. So asking them, how can I support you in getting to the next level of your career? What can I do so that our team is really effective? Um, and, uh, acknowledge that, that goal and find ways to support them. And then, um, working around their weaknesses in terms of career development and helping them focus on their strengths. So, uh. You know, if there's something that they're not particularly good at, uh, that might be the thing you take off their plate so that they can really focus on their strengths. And I think when you do this for your boss, then they return the favor oftentimes. You know, if you're concerned about their career development, then hopefully they will also be um, concerned with yours.
1: Right. Well, and I I would also add to that, I mean, understanding their weaknesses Is helpful, of course. And if you can help them with the development of that, I think that's going to be valuable too, rather than just saying, well, let's just focus on the strengths. Now, there's merit in focusing on your strengths. But if one of those weaknesses may prevent you from reaching one of your goals, well, you know, could you talk about it? It depends on how open the communication is. But, you know, if you understand, you know, maybe it, maybe it's a writing thing or maybe it's a an executive presence or a lack of, you know, could you, you know, you may run across something that would be helpful for them. It could be, you know, a, a learning lesson or something that you might find online or an article that talks about this. And if you could provide that for your boss, I'm sure she would appreciate it. So. Again, I mean, it's, it's important. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, Jerome, um, in terms of focusing only on on your strengths, but saying, okay, what's it going to take to get me where I want to go, you, my boss, and, and how can I support you?
0: Well, and what immediately comes to mind is, you know, issues with technology. You know, in a lot of cases, the person uh, to whom you're reporting is older than you are. And may not be an adopter of technology so easily. It's not always the case, but sometimes it is, right? So, yeah. and if technology is something you excel at, you know, how can you support them in learning new systems, um, troubleshooting for them, helping them know how to, uh, you know, helping them develop that skill, or even bringing new tools um, on board, you know? Like, if, if communication is something you're setting up, is there um uh, like slack you know a lot of workplaces are now using slack and maybe that's something that you can bring into uh, the workplace yourself and say okay this is a great way for all of our team to communicate and maybe you teach your manager how to use it and then you know it helps them be more productive so there are lots of cases where you might be able to step up to the plate and help your yeah. manager learn well, something new and develop Yeah
1: great systems. example and I guess I would I would encourage people to take a step further, you know, using the Slack example, you know, if you're, if your department or the company's not using it, say, you know what, I I have a pretty good handle on this Slack and, you know, why don't we take, you know, one of our weekly meetings and I'll do a tutorial for the team, not just the boss, but for the whole team. Suddenly, you know, you're perceived as kind of a, an expert in this area and who knows where that could lead you. You just don't know. Someone at the top might say, "You know what? This is really good for all of us. Can you kind of conduct a, a corporate-wide tutorial or whatever?" Right. I
0: mean, yeah. who knows where that would lead you, right? So you never know, right? Exactly. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so b- being aware of kind of a bigger picture, I think, is what we're talking about. Yeah, um, absolutely. So one of the the points, uh, a, a great best pra- practice for managing up and being a good manager is emotional re- emotional resilience. Um, so as the, the employee, as the, the subordinate, doing everything you can uh, to remain calm and productive under pressure um, and, and being able to cope with change, um, that is so critical. Um, well, it is. It is.
1: And I, I guess that I would ask You know, let's talk about this for a minute. If you're not remaining calm and productive under pressure currently, how do you do that when the pressure comes? I mean, there's, you know, it's not a light switch. So, I mean, what what can a person do to kind of practice this?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I've not always been the person who remains calm under pressure. I mean, I can get really um, anxious at times and I'll just talk personally, I developed a meditation practice. I've I've learned, you know, that was a personal thing. I knew I needed to learn how to be um, calm and, and uh, you know, under pressure. And, and so I learned to meditate. The other thing is I've learned to be more present. This is one of the things that meditation teaches you is to be in the moment, right? I think sometimes anxiety comes up and the pressure comes up because we're We're thinking about what happens next week or tomorrow rather than just dealing with the things that are happening. Um, And I can tell you, you know, um, my husband tends to be a little bit more high strung than I am and can get really agitated quickly if things aren't going well. And I will just often tell him, you know what? Let's just slow down a bit. Everything has a solution, there is a solution. And getting anxious and upset isn't going to get us there. So let's just calm down and uh, start looking. You know, what's the first phone call we need to make? Who can we ask to help us with this? Right? What do we know for sure? What do we know? Start. You know. And so I think it's really about having a process or 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 slowing yourself down. And that's something I've learned over time. Um, Hasn't always been that way because I can be somebody who can really. Spin out of control at times.
1: Uh, yeah, well, and, and your example you gave that you gave me that advice last. Well, in season one uh, of our podcast, I was having a technological challenge, and you said exactly that. You said, you know, just just chill. Everything has a solution, and that really resonates with me because you're right. You know, I mean, suddenly that shifts your mind into problem-solving rather than problem-experiencing. Right, right. You know, and, and that was huge for me, and that really worked. And I guess, you know, I mean, one of these – we're always looking for practical applications to this, and really the only way that you can develop patience is to experience situations that require patience. Right. right. You know, and that's the bad news. <laughs> you know. But, you know, the good news is that maybe you can find some things that are out of your comfort zone that may put a little pressure on you. Hopefully, right. you know, it won't be a career ending choice, but um, something that you can do to, to really get some experience in having to be patient mm-hmm. and calm yeah. un, under the, the pressure that you're experiencing. Right. And I yeah. can't tell you what that is.
0: Well, but, maybe there are particular hobbies that you can, you know, pick up that will help you develop that, you know? Yeah. Uh, things that maybe require uh, a level of detail that you're not used to doing and, and where you can, you can um, work on projects that require attention to detail when the stakes aren't so high, right? It's a hobby. It doesn't matter if you mess it up, but it helps you to be focused under, under pressure. You know, I had a boss when I was working at uh, Walden books and I remember we were, I maybe have told the story before, but it's, it's an interesting story. We were boxing returns to send them back to the company, to back to the warehouse. And, we, and there were usually two of us in the back room, and one person was uh, doing the recording of the information, and the other person was packing it in the box. I was the person packing it in the box. And I was playing a game of Tetris, trying to make everything fit really perfect, perfectly. And my manager said to me, she's actually the assistant manager, and she said, Jerome, this is into brain surgery. And it it made sense. It was like I was going to this extra step of trying to make it perfect. And really it was about we need to get this done quickly. So get as many things in the box as possible. Pack them as best you can. But it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not a brain surgery. It can be just this is good enough. And I was like, oh, yeah, that made sense. And so I often think about that when something happens like – That I'm, like, all, you know, just this past week, my my printer, I couldn't get my printer to work. You know, I ended up having to buy a new one. But I was spending hours trying to troubleshoot this printer. And then at some point it was like, okay, wait a second. I've had this printer for 10 years. It's probably time to get a new one anyway. Set it aside. Um, But it's also about knowing what the priorities are, too. Like, am I freaking out about something that's really not that big of a deal? Um. And you can help your boss with those same things, right? You know, being the calm – and the more calm you are, it helps them. Uh, Yeah. uh, No,
1: absolutely. And and, and I, you know, I will just reiterate so that our listeners can note this. Everything has a solution.
0: Everything has a solution. It might
1: not be what you envision, but that's okay too. But everything does have a solution. And sometimes, you know, like you said, you just got to prioritize – I'm going to give it some time, try it, see what I can do. And you know, if if a solution doesn't come within 30 minutes or whatever time frame you have to work with, let it go. And you know, and, and it's, it's easy to, to it. say that.
0: And and but then you come back to it too because sometimes the solution pops up when you're doing other things. I I I watch a lot of um medical uh programming like uh uh Grey's Anatomy and some of the the other programs, Chicago Med and stuff, and I love the episodes where uh, there was one just recently on Grey's Anatomy, um, where they were they didn't have enough ventilators, and so they just thought, okay, what are we gonna do? And so Maggie is has this new boyfriend, and they're wanting to listen to a song on their iPod, and they each take one of the earbuds. listen to it and as she's doing that she she thinks hey wait a second maybe maybe people can share ventilators i don't know if that's actually uh (laughs) something you can do in the real in real in the real world but so as she was doing something else she thought the solution for she found the solution and that's often what happens too. you're stressed out and you step away from it go do something else what's the next step that we can do without solving this problem and come back to it. And the solution may just reveal itself. Um, What are the ways to avoid these situations is being proactive and preparing, right? We talked about this before, you know, if you know there's an upcoming event, you know, you had mentioned in your notes, can you send out the invites for your boss? Can you arrange catering for the, the meeting? So being proactive and on top of things that reduces the stress, right? What are the things we can do way ahead of time so that when it comes to crunch time, we're not dealing with minutia. Get as many things off the plate ahead of time. Um, and then um, in terms of helping your boss, be you know, reducing stress is um, if they're not a note taker or if, you know, um, things get confused, making sure that you as the employee are documenting what you can document, taking notes um, if you're in on a meeting and the boss doesn't take notes and you And maybe he doesn't even ask you to take notes, but you can, right? So doing things so that you um, will have information at the ready uh, when it's requested or, you know, just above and beyond the call of duty. Any additional thoughts there, Judson? No,
1: I think we've covered it well. Um, I think moving on to our next point around the fostering of innovation would be a good idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So in this case, it's really about... um, communicating to your boss that you value autonomy and then being willing to um, learn from your setbacks and um, also from achievements. And, and we've been sort of talking about this um, across the board, right? You know, uh, being, being solutions oriented, being um, looking for better ways of doing things. And it's not about micromanaging your boss, Um, But if, you know, it's about stepping up to the plate when you can think of a way, a better way of doing things and making the suggestion. You know, maybe the office is disorganized and you're good at organizing and you think, hey, you know, I have an extra hour every week. I'm going to take this, you know, I'm going to ask my boss during this, you know, this extra hour I have, can I, or can I spend an hour, you know, every week on reorganizing the files? So that we can find things more easily, or can I spend an hour each week to write a uh, a procedural manual for something? Right. Um, That's an example of managing up. Something that you see needs to be in place, and they maybe haven't created it yet, and it just helps you know everybody uh, be more effective. Yeah, You you often mention that if you're the new person on board, ask to if there's no org chart, ask to create it, right? That's managing up. That's a great example, right? You know, yeah,
1: absolutely. no doubt. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what I what, what we led into this topic is, was the innovation. <clears throat> and in the context of what we're talking about here, it's really the the managing boss that is playing a role in this because you said avoid micromanagement and don't seem overbearing. And I think, you know, some of this, maybe a lot of it, has to do with the culture of the organization. You know, being in the Bay Area prior to being here, um, it was one of those things where, you know, the, the, the whole idea of the Bay Area oftentimes is innovation. Mm-hmm. And that requires really a certain culture to say failure's okay. And in fact, if you're not failing, sometimes you're not doing your job. So, I, you know, there, there's some presuppositions in there in terms of the fostering of innovation. And I know that that's not the point of this whole talk here, but it is a component to it. So I wanted to at least mention that so it didn't seem like a non sequitur.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's really important. You know, um, as uh, Thomas Edison it was supposedly said, you know, in making the light bulb, he found 10,000 ways that didn't work before yeah. he landed on the, on the proper way. So, yeah, so don't be afraid of it. I think we're often um, afraid of, of failing, you know, and, and you have your own business. I have my own business. I've done a lot of things that failed, you know, uh, thought I had a great idea for a program and launched it and nobody was interested, okay? So you have to learn from that. Um, yeah. 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 You know, and all of this comes down to the, you know, overall manager effectiveness, Um, you know, sharing success, making sure, um, uh, making sure your man, you know, your manager feels valued, um, you know, setting up a situation where you're giving your best value uh, for the success of everybody. Um we talked earlier about being results oriented and solutions oriented and I think that's a really critical piece to all of this. You you know as I was saying there's always a solution. So in managing up there's a challenge that's that you need to bring to your boss. You know something's not working. Um I I have a friend who often um will call me because she's having a bad day at work and and it could be that something on the team isn't working well. And I will often say to her, okay, you need to have a conversation with your supervisor or with your team and bring this forward. But when you bring it forward, make sure your solution's solutions oriented. Bring up the problem and have a couple of ideas for a solution before you even have the conversation. So that you're not just whining for the sake of whining. Right? It's like, this is a problem. We need to, inc- and it's often around communication. We need to improve our communication so that we're all on the same page, so that the client is getting what they need. You know, and here's, here's what the problem is, and here's one way we could solve it. Does anyone else have any ideas? Um, so, always taking it from that, that standpoint. Um, acknowledging the importance of standards. So, within your team, what are the things you're going to be reviewed on? What are the the benchmarks? What are the key performance indicators? Knowing what they are, communicating to your boss that they're important to you, um, and um, making sure you're meeting them um, is important as well. Any any thoughts, Judson?
1: No, I think you said that well.
0: Okay. Um. So just the last couple of points. We talked already about technical ability. That's one of the, the keys in managing up is if you have greater technical ability, that you're helping your manager with those things. Um, and then um, understanding the vision and the goal of the company. Um, so uh, communicating with your manager, your boss, that you understand the big picture. Um, that you understand how your role supports the organization, how your role supports that boss and um you know i think and communicating um commu- not only just communicating your understanding but also um understanding like one of the things that i remember when i was working in staffing was that i had particular um Things that I needed to do, certain benchmarks I needed to 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 meet, like I was supposed to have so many interviews a week that was mine, and then I know my boss had certain things he needed to do as well with in terms of um how many clients he was seeing and whatever, and we needed to work together, and so i um one of the things the conversations we had was how could I help him make his His goals as well, so he needed to bring in new clients, and so one of my jobs was when I was doing um, reference checks uh, on new new um, associates that we were bringing into the staffing company. I would try to spin the reference check into an opportunity for our manager to talk to that reference, so that they could they could be a potential client, right? And that was an important aspect of how he and I could work together. I hope that makes sense. Yep. Um, so, uh, in your notes, uh, you had mentioned some examples of um, people who've managed up. And you mentioned Radar on the show MASH. And my dad watched MASH all the time. It wasn't my favorite show. I don't know that I paid much attention, but I do remember Radar. But maybe you can kind of uh, mention uh, Judson, why that uh, seemed important to you, or what or what you yeah. saw in him.
1: Well, I mean, conceptually speaking, it's really anticipating your boss's needs <clears throat> and the needs of the situation, and and you know they they made it into something as a, really a characteristic trait, and and hence the name radar, um, in some ways. But you know, he he would he would know exactly what Colonel Blake was going to say before he said it, and he would already have it in motion. Like, it's, you know, the Jeep is on its way, or, or you know, yep, I'll have the uh, the VIP tent cleaned and, and ready, or whatever it was. But he was always like a half a step ahead of him. And I think what we can learn from that is the anticipatory component of working with someone, in particular your boss, in the context of managing up, if you know that this is going to be needed, well, do it, you know. Um, and I don't think that very many people would say, don't do that in advance. You need to ask me unless they're very micromanaging and controlling. But um, I, I think that it's a good example. And, you know, for me, it's it's really one of my favorite shows. <clears throat> Not because of that, but that, that was part of it. Yeah, but It just seemed to epitomize. In in some ways, managing
0: up. Yeah, and uh, not to make any sort of comment on on your age, Judson or mine, but <laughs> for our younger listeners, <laughs> if you've seen the movie The Devil Wears Prada, um, you know Miranda Priestly is this devil mm-hmm. of a boss, right? And there's uh, you know Andy Sachs is the new assistant who's coming on board. And she has to really learn how to anticipate Miranda's every need and how to step up to the plate. And, and not only is that the case, but she has another assistant. She's the second assistant. And there's another character who's the first assistant. And I don't remember her character's name, but she's played by Emily Blunt. And so there's a little bit of tension between the two of them. And, but there's this big event, and Miranda has to know everybody. And so, before the event comes, uh, uh, Andy Sachs and her and the first assistant are given this notebook of people that they need to know about, and so that as Miranda's meeting them, they can kind of let them know who she, who it is. And there's a great scene where Emily's Emily's not feeling the character played by Emily Blunt isn't it feeling well, and they're walking along, and here comes somebody approaching Miranda, and. Miranda turns to the first assistant and wants to know who it is, and she's not feeling well, and she forgets. And Andy Sachs, uh, the character played by um, Anne Hathaway, um, steps up and, and whispers in her ear who it is. And, oh, and that's not that's not his wife. That's his mistress. And saves the day for, for Miranda, because Miranda's able to greet them as if she, you know, they're, they're long lost friends and she knows exactly who they are. But that whole movie is an example of somebody who's in a a role with a crazy boss who really learns how to, to be effective and step up to the plate, to the point where, you know, she's offered promotions and, um, ultimately lands her dream job. Um, so, uh, lots of examples i think if you're if you're looking uh... well i think there
1: are a lot of examples and and i know we need to wrap up here but you know i think that we can if we just pay attention and listen and look you know without even having conversations sometimes you're gonna see what the needs are and what's important now right. to enhance that have those conversations of course but you don't always have to talk it out you can just look and see just through observation right what's yep. needed yep. and you know if you take that initiative and you just do it there, i i don't see really much if any downside to that
0: right it, it's all good and it's like you've said so many times judson it's about relationships right managing up is about cultivating the best relationship you can with your supervisor um And one of the benefits is it does help you in your career development. As we mentioned early on in this conversation, it helps you develop some leadership, some management skills that will serve you well um, as you go through your career and quite possibly can lead to promotions and other opportunities. So,
1: yep. Now, that was a nice summary. Communications and relationship building. I mean, that is so critical in life, but in the workplace, especially when we're trying to get along and really... We're all striving toward the same goals and objectives. So talk right. about it and do what you can. I mean, trust your judgment. I right. would say, you know, that's another piece of advice. You kind of know what to do. Sometimes you might not for a variety of reasons, but go for it. Trust your gut and and best of success to, to all of you.
0: Yeah. And the bottom line is everybody wants to have a, a positive work experience, you know, Um I don't think anyone goes into the workplace thinking, oh, I'm going to be a jerk today, you know? And so uh, as you're dealing with these different personalities, you know, just realizing, um, you know, that ultimately, I think ultimately people want to get along and are are doing their best. And so that can kind of um, help reframe things. So speaking of nobody wants to be a jerk today, uh, our next next podcast... (laughs) We're going to be talking about workplace conflict,
1: nice segue, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> see what I did there That was beautiful, <laughs> um yeah, so workplace conflict and how to how to deal with it um, um yeah, how to deal with workplace conflict, how to understand if it's a hostile work environment and those and those types of things, so that will be our final episode of season two um as always, we'd love to hear from you. So if you're listening to our podcast, a few things you can do. So we just learned that audible.com is one of the places you can now listen to us. So if you're listening to us for the first time via Amazon or Audible, we thank you for listening. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on uh, Google um, Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We are everywhere. One of the ways you can help people find Our podcast is by rating us. So if you're listening to us on your favorite platform, take some time to review the podcast. Um, And we are looking for honest feedback. So give us your best, most honest review. If there's a particular topic you want us to address, uh, please, please, please drop us a line. Uplevelcareers at gmail.com is the way you can reach podcast. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear success, success stories. There, So if something we've offered has been beneficial to you, please let us know. Uh, we are doing this podcast because we both have hearts of service. Uh, we love the work we do, and we're trying to make um, workplaces better. Uh, by giving advice, by helping people find their dream jobs, by helping people be successful in their careers, life is too short to not love our jobs and to not love what we do. so if we can be of benefit in that way, please um, let us know. If you want to reach me directly, my website is resume sh- uh, the resume shop in k dot com and my email address is resume shop Inc. I-N-K at gmail.com. Judson.
1: Thank you, Jerome. Yes, if you want to reach me, my website is careerpathstrategies.com. And you can reach me at Judson at careerpathstrategies. And I'm really looking forward to, um, to moving into um, the next episode, um, that conflict resolution, because I think that's going to be very popular with a lot of people just because we are people mm-hmm. and we have conflicts all the time and we're going to have some really good insights and some nuggets of advice for all of you so if you're having any trouble whatsoever with with coworkers or or any other component of of work tune in next time and we will have some answers for you great
0: thank you uh for listening and